This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to all of you enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. In yesterday's show, we let off with the news that someone had left a noose in the NASCAR garage of Bubba Wallace. No doubt you've already heard that the FBI discovered that noose had been in the garage since at least last October and had nothing to do with Wallace. So something that looked like a hate crime turned out to be nothing of the sort. That is a relief. But the one thing this episode did was give NASCAR and all the drivers and the team crews a chance to rally around Wallace and take a strong stand against racism. A federal judge has ordered GM CEO Mary Barra and FCA CEO Mike Manley to personally meet within the next week to resolve GM's racketeering lawsuit against FCA. The judge called the litigation in the suit, and I quote him here, a waste of time and resources. And he said it could take years before a ruling is made. Last year, GM accused former FCA CEO Sergio Marchion of orchestrating a bribery scheme with the UAW to harm GM and actually take it over. GM said that cost the company billions of dollars, but FCA says the suit is without merit and wants it dismissed. Experts say it will be hard for GM to prove FCA violated federal racketeering laws. But whatever happens, Mary and Mike have to give the judge an update by July 1st. We've got some big updates involving Honda's future product here. Auto Forecast Solutions report that the next generation Civic, codenamed CCA2YN, will go into production at Honda's plant in Canada next March. And then, exactly one year later, in 2022, the new Honda HR will go into production in Mexico. Then, in May of 2024, the next generation Acura RDX, codenamed CCA2DU, goes into production in East Liberty. And the next-gen Passport gets built in that same plant in January of 2026. One thing that you'll notice from this is the nice, steady product cadence that Honda has. That kind of cadence gives Honda's workers plenty of time to adjust. It gives suppliers plenty of time to plan. And all of that is what helps Honda crank out high-quality cars. Segway is ending production of its well-known product. Its two-wheeled personal transporter called the PT is going to be phased out on July 15th. It was introduced back in 1999, and it was supposed to revolutionize how people got around but it mainly was used by law enforcement and tourists. It never caught on due to its initial price tag of $5,000. That was too pricey for most people. And it was also difficult to ride and led to a number of high-profile crashes. But it's easy to see why Segway is discontinuing the PT. It only accounted for 1.5% of the company's total revenue last year. And besides, these days, it seems like everyone is riding electric scooters. Here's a full look at the updated Volkswagen Arteon that was teased earlier this month. The front fascia is reworked with newly designed lower air intakes and grill which is now available with a central lighting bar that connects with the daytime running lights. Volkswagen is doing the same thing with the all-new Golf as well. 
Rear end styling is mostly the same, but with an updated lighting signature. A 2-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine that makes 268 horsepower comes standard and is mated to an 8-speed automatic. But two new powertrains are being added for Europe, a plug-in hybrid and an R model. Volkswagen didn't release much information about either one, but we do know the plug-in will make about 215 horsepower and the R is going to get roughly 320. Also exclusive to Europe, at least for now, are an all-new station wagon version and VW's new travel assist system, which allows for partial automated driving. The interior is similar to the outgoing model, but changes include new steering wheel and HVAC controls, upper door trims, and a redesigned dash panel. Speaking of teasers turning into reveals, Here's the all-new Kia Sedona, which is sold as the Carnival in the Korean market. As you can see, the minivan looks much more like an SUV, and that is on purpose. Kia thinks the design will attract younger customers. Note how the daytime running lights flow into the newly designed grille, which also features new mesh patterns. And note how the low and high beams are separated, with the high beams set into the top corner of the grille. The upright rear end is what really makes it look more like an SUV, and the lighting that extends across the rear helps accentuate the vehicle's width. More details are going to come in the third quarter, which is when the Carnival slash Sedona goes on sale in Korea. The new Nissan Kicks, which goes on sale in Japan next week, is getting a number of updates. Most notable is the new grille, which now extends much further down into the face of the crossover. That also required the headlamps and lower air vents to get redesigned as well. Rear end styling, from what we can tell, has not changed. The automaker's e-power technology is now available. That uses an electric motor to directly power the wheels and uses a gasoline engine to charge the battery. No word yet if it's going to be offered outside of Asian markets. Other new features include Nissan's ProPilot Advanced Driver Assist System and automatic accident report. Mercedes-Benz and chipmaker NVIDIA are teaming up to build a software architecture for smarter vehicles. The two of them say, and I'm quoting here, plan to develop the most sophisticated and advanced computing architecture ever deployed in an automobile. Well, we'll see about that. First, they have to catch up to Tesla. The system is based on NVIDIA's Ampere supercomputing architecture which brings AI into the car, as well as over-the-air updates and level 3 autonomous driving, including the ability to automate driving from address to address. The new software architecture will start making its way into Mercedes-Benz vehicles starting in 2024. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Skoda can trace its roots back more than 120 years ago, but the automaker only once competed in the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and that was exactly 70 years ago today. In 1950, Skoda entered a modified version of its 1101 Sport, which had a shortened wheelbase and aluminum body. <laughs> it only had 50 horsepower. But the car was able to make its way up to second place in its class for a time until a mechanical failure knocked it out of the race for good. And that is today's history lesson.
Hey, on AutoLine After Hours tomorrow, our guest is Jim Owens. He heads up marketing for Ford Performance. So if you've got questions about the Ford GT or the Mustangs or Raptor or the ST and RS models, send them our way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I almost forgot. What about the high-performance version of the Mustang Mach-E All-Electric? We'll get into that tomorrow when we go live at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And Mike Martinez from Automotive News will also be joining us. So join me and Gary for AutoLine After Hours. Before we go, I have to give a special shout-out to one of our viewers. Yesterday, we got a $100 bill in the mail with a post-it note saying, Thanks for AutoLine. No signature, no return address, just a $100 bill. But the envelope has four stamps, including an old four-cent stamp with the tagline, Wheels of Freedom. It has the silhouette of a farm tractor, a passenger sedan, and a semi-truck, all fitting into the graphic of a steering wheel. A quick online search shows that this stamp was actually issued in 1960. Then there's a five-cent stamp with the tagline, Stop Traffic Accidents. It was issued in 1965. Next is a 12-cent stamp of Henry Ford with a Model T, which was issued in 1968. And then there's a 29-cent stamp with the image of a Jeep being unloaded off a cargo ship, which reads, U.S. supports allies with Lend-Lease Act. You know, what's amazing to me is the post office actually sent that envelope through with all those old stamps on it. And by the way, those stamps have a post office cancellation mark from Fargo, North Dakota. So thank you, Fargo, whoever you are. We really value your support and all of you who have donated to the AutoLine cause. And before we go, a programming note here. The AutoLine crew is going to take a much-needed break next week, and we're actually going to start our vacation this Friday. And then we'll resume our normal production on July 6th. And that wraps up today's report. Thank you for watching. <laughs>